You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, and welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. AJ Richardson is out this week celebrating his first wedding anniversary. Congrats, AJ and Erica. So on this podcast, the disorderly interjecting Barner of the show uh, is going to have to somehow keep us on track. So thankfully, I have someone to help me do just that. Joining me for this episode, one half of the newest and one of my favorite shows on the network, The Boom Tracker, the man with the plan, Mr. Dallas Hand. Dallas, how are you doing today, sir? Ben, I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for that uh, wonderful, uh, warm introduction. I'm so happy to be on with you tonight. Man, I am happy to have you because... In all honesty, I know you guys have only been doing it for a little while, but Boom Tracker is probably one of my favorite shows to listen to. It was a big gap, and having you guys come in and put in a recruiting show has been fantastic. So I wanted to give you a little moment to be able to plug that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, we've had a pretty you know warm reaction, I think, uh, Justin and myself. Um, you know, we've that's all we've heard, I think, since we started is, man, y'all filled such a big hole. Y'all really... Uh, done some good stuff for the network and we're just kind of sitting back and we're like well we're just grateful that the network put us on um and gives us a little platform for our voices and everything but no i mean we're we're super thankful and everything um you know and and the fact that we can even come on shows like uh no huddle and, and kind of lend our voices to that as well um because it's it's tit for tat i mean we we love no huddle just as much i mean you know, we, we're constantly listening to it week by week and, you know, listening to you and AJ. Um, y'all both do a fantastic job. We love it. Justin and I talk about it regularly. We we kind of try to, you know, sometimes in our own show mention you guys. And the, the thing is, is all these shows, they kind of feed off each other, especially Boom Tracker, because Boom Tracker is keeping up with our recruiting and, and all that stuff. And so it's a big kind of thing when you talk about no huddle especially because we keep up with football so closely and and basketball and baseball so it's really if for the listeners out there you know if you're out there trying to figure out these recruits and that maybe what's going on in their mind we kind of we kind of try to do that for you and give you a way to listen and kind of say okay well who's going to be coming to campus this week or within the weeks to come and what can we expect um the biggest thing recently was Sharif Cooper and, sure. and Justin and I are going to talk about that on, you know, an episode coming up this week. And, you know, it's just stuff like that. And, and, you know, we're very grateful to everybody, including y'all for lending your ears to us each week. Yeah, man, we love having you guys on there and your football analysis is great. It's really cool to be able to see who's in the pipeline too, because it's honestly something I've never kept up with, but you guys being able to put it together in a show Easily digestible has been fantastic. Uh, we appreciate it. So uh, have you been sleeping better since the Cooper commit? You know, that's a big topic of discussion right now. And, you know, it felt so good to be able to finally lay down at night and not have <laughs> to, like, have, like, you know, this kind of search party going on and wondering what's going on. Like we said on Boom Tracker, you know, we're taking night shifts night by night. And, you know, I think the other night it was... It was my turn to stay up, and thankfully he commits, and I'm like, oh, I can go to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. We appreciate your sacrifice, keeping all that stuff oh, up to date. Anything for the Auburn family, you know. <laughs> so uh, this uh, game that we're going to review today against Mississippi State, it's a pretty pretty good win, I'd say. Uh, I know you Absolutely. were at the game, and uh, 
I wanted to get your perspective from one of the more significant happenings besides, you know, the woodshed beating that we put on Mississippi State. But there always seems to be with one of these uh, these teams that have a live animal, something wild happens, right? We've had yeah. some of our players that have either been bitten or tried to be bit by either Uga or like a police dog or something like that. Uh, this time, other way around. And uh, I was wondering to get your thoughts on Bully's first experience of uh, getting a little booby in his face. Absolutely. That, to me, was so funny. Um, <laughs> it's like you said, you mentioned it about Uga. You know, you look back to one of those games, I don't know if it was late 90s, whenever it was, and there's that iconic picture of Uga trying to snap at one of our players or whatever. And this was actually kind of more tame and funny. Um, you know, when you watch the video and the highlight of it, Booby just kind of rolls over there and runs into him. And it's almost like he's just, he wants no part of it. He wants, <laughs> like, he's like, well, my team's already getting whooped up on. So now I'm going to just kind of like cower away at this point. No, but, exactly what I thought. And people on the yeah. comments on the, cause I was all over Twitter last night watching it from uh, my living room. They were right. losing their minds when Mississippi State player pushed Booby into the dog for one thing. And this dog has like three handlers. So what are they doing? <laughs> like, pay attention, guys. Three handlers for that for that bulldog that poochie. wants no smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was a precursor to the way the rest of the game was going to play out when we literally took the bulldog off the field. Absolutely. So um, before we start off going on the the recap of the game itself, I just wanted to uh, to thank Herb Street for underestimating us. It seems like every week he comes out and says that. We're either going to lose or look like trash, and then we come and just uh, demolish teams. So with uh, this coming week, game day being at our game once again, uh, I want him to keep on that trend. I was wondering, do you watch game day each week? I do, um, and, you know, that's a good point. And a lot of the times it's Corso. You know, we we look at Corso and we're like, please don't pick us. Please don't pick <laughs> us. And then last week, you know, Corso, I believe, is the only one that actually did pick us. Um, and we won. Um, so yep. that ended up kind of being like, you wonder and scratch your head. Well, if he's the only one that picks us, does that mean he's good luck at this point? Um, but with Herb Street, he, you know, he's one of those talking heads, um, <laughs> as, as a lot of them are being. And, uh, I don't know. I, I just, a lot of the times, and I think, you know, the listeners probably get this too you just kind of drown it out at, at a certain point. It gets to a point where you just, including the players, if they're sitting there listening to it, it's a lot like, you know, Bama and Saban say half the time it, it ends up being rat poison. And um, I totally get that. And, you know, while it may sound funny, it actually is. I mean, it's something that you have to say, you know what, we're going to tune that out and we're going to, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to go out there and play our brand of football and, and try to get the job done and, they did that last night. I mean, they literally turned out all that sound and said, hey, we're just going to go punch them in the throat because I believe they had a sour taste in their mouth last night from last year. Absolutely. Yeah, Gus had no uh, <laughs> no motivation unlike the last year's tape. He literally just had to put that on for a few minutes and show the highlights of what happened to us, only scoring yeah. nine points and getting run all over for the team. Most of the players returning as well. And those that weren't were watching the game as they were either recruits or uh, on the team. So, man, like, <laughs> we definitely 
had some revenge last night, which was great. And I just want to take a second and pat myself on the back because I will. Uh, I predicted us to win by 34, and we actually won by 33, so I feel pretty good about that. Um, whereas everyone else was saying, you know, a field goal or a touchdown, maybe 10 points, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, so thoughts of the game. For me, I feel like we came out on fire. And after the first six minutes, up 21 to nothing, it's almost like we had, you know, like the dog itself, taken Mississippi State Bulldogs right out of the game. Mm-hmm. How were you feeling in the stands? Was it just absolutely insanity, us being up 21 to nothing? It was, uh, Ben, and, and I'll say this, too, about it. Most of the time when the stadium is really loud, um, it's an LSU, it's a Georgia, it's a Bama. Um, when we got there last night, I will say I was shocked when that game started. Um, Jordan Hare was as loud, I believe, as I've ever heard it. Um, and I was very confused. I was very shocked. Um, the, the stadium was ready. The fans were ready. And you could tell by that first drive that State came out that there was penalty flags flying. They couldn't find their rhythm. Um, and they were having problems communicating on the field. And that's a product of what the environment causes. And, uh, so yeah, in, in asking that, that's that's right. I mean, the stadium was crazy. The atmosphere was fantastic, and once Auburn hung twenty one, I mean, it was kind of one of those things. Well, folks might start to leave early because this thing <laughs> might get out of hand. So yeah, and get out of hand it did. Uh, up forty two to nine at halftime, which a little look behind the curtain, something that I do as my game week tradition is I still have NCAA. I think twenty fourteen was the last one that they made. And every year since I was like way in high school, the way I would learn our depth chart and the players on the team would be to put them into NCAA football and play that out uh, same game every week. And then I would learn the players' names that way because, you know, unlike you who keeps up with recruiting, I didn't know who they were until they got here. (laughs) And uh, so for me, I still have kept up that tradition every week to play the game. And I played the game against Mississippi State. And uh, won it 42-10, to 10, and that was our halftime score. So, I mean, for the Auburn Tigers to come out and just cream this team better than I could on a, a freaking game just blows my mind. It was, uh, it was fantastic. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't think anybody was expecting what they saw last night, to be honest. Um, I know for, for myself, you know, I, don't, I was not expecting just to come out and really just out the gate, fire on all cylinders. I thought it might take us, you know, a few drives at least to just kind of not not necessarily I figured we'd score, but, I mean, you know, what the way we did it was just an incredible fashion, I really thought. <laughs> Absolutely. Firing on all cylinders is, uh, is a great way of putting that. But we know that, you know, Auburn faithful, uh, especially some of our fan base, they have to have someone to complain about. So oh, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll give you guys those talking points for tonight. And uh, just to let you know, you know, out of this huge victory where we just stomped the team in the ground, there were a couple things that we could fix, and that was three fumbles. Uh, one of them was not really a fumble. Uh, I saw the replay multiple times, and everyone on TV was saying uh, clearly that uh, Seth Williams was down and that the ball was pulled out at the last, you know, after the play was dead. And then they gave it to him, reviewed it, and still gave it to him, which I thought was ridiculous. But... Ball don't lie. And 
<laughs> McLean stripped that ball a couple plays later and Denson recovered it. So that was fantastic. However, the other two fumbles were a little odd. So uh, do you remember what those fumbles were, Dallas? So I am trying to think back on, on the rest of them. I, I agree with you about Seth. That was one of those two that I think the stadium got really, really upset about. Yeah, it was um, ridiculous. And I'm sure you we guys do that. were able to see it on the replay as well, right? Absolutely. You're looking at the biggest television in, <laughs> in all of life. Um, but no, I mean, we obviously get upset with SC officiating every week. It's it's the worst. I mean, you know, um, that's a rant for another day. But Absolutely. Um, as far as the fumbles go, you know, as far as complaining, you know, Auburn is going to have to do better with that. Um, you know, we make the joke about Whitlow um, and his mother. Um, we've talked about it on Boom Tracker <laughs> where, you know, she might make him do push-ups for that. And I think it's hilarious. And, hey, if it works, it works. Um, it, it means she cares and she wants to see him succeed. And I think, you know, every, all of us do. You know, we don't want him out there fumbling. Um, Sean Shivers, you know, he, uh, he had a butt he fumble. Had a, he did. He's Mark Sanchez <laughs> 2.0. It was hilarious. <laughs> I feel bad but, uh, for Prince Tega. Just, yeah. You know, One of the worst ones. That and I think it was the Whitlow fumble. Um, literally, he's running and and the ball is on the ground for what felt like ten minutes. Like my dad last night, he was like, "I felt like I could run down there and pick it up. Like I wanted to run down there and pick it up." And then Schwartz sweeps in and gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, because we were on our side of the field, we were kind of in our own zone down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, somebody said it last night that DJ Williams could pop up into that first tailback spot because of all these fumbles and I'm thinking, well, well, we'll see about that. But, um, I think regardless, I think Auburn's got really, really talented backs and, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's, it's by committee, but you're right. The fumbles, the fumbles are going to have to be cleaned up. No, for sure. And you're right. We are, we are deep when it comes to running, uh, nine rushers who recorded stats this past game. And, uh, the only other actual fumble we had was Malik Miller. So, Look, Sean Shivers and Malik Miller, they're some of the backups, and they'll get better. And in all honesty, it was in garbage time. So I'm really not going to hate against them for it. No. Uh, at that point, we were literally just running in almost every play and trying to kill the clock. So, yeah, that's right. But in order to do that, you got to hold on the ball. So uh, for those of you who want to complain, there you go. There's your complaints. <laughs> Nothing else can be complained about because this was a butt-kicking. Uh, going over the offense overall, uh Put up 56 points on Mississippi State, 42 in the first half. That's an SEC foe, and they're not a bad SEC foe either. So, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what more can you ask for? I don't think you can ask for anything more. Um, you know, both Mississippi, both Mississippi teams are, I'm not going to say they're the best this year. They're probably both going through some tumultuous times, but I, I definitely think probably at this point State is the better um team and uh Ole Miss kinda held their own against Bama this weekend in some areas but uh they did. You know, Bama Bama would end up being too strong in the end. But um no, I, I think any SEC team, whether it's Vanderbilt or, you know, South Carolina right now who's down, anytime you play anybody in the SEC it's it's one of those things where the people are going to come out to watch the game because it's a league game and, and you to me it doesn't matter. I mean you see how good Tulane can be on any any given Saturday, and, and they're out of the American Conference. I mean, to me, you don't take any team lightly. Um, I just I think that Mississippi State has really solid athletes on their team, and I think they also are well coached. I think Joe Moorhead is 
is really solid offensive mind and uh Schrader himself, you know, coming in for Tommy Stevens, I think that was an area of concern for me um going into the week was, you know, him because he he's a mighty fine athlete and he really knows how to get things done out there with his toughness. And so for him to be a freshman, it kind of worried me because we see how well Bo Nix has been able to manage our games week in and week out. And so, yeah, it's like you said, let's let's not put them lightly. Um, they're a league foe, and, you know, they, they beat us last year, and you just never know what will happen. For sure. And much like you said, you know, Bo Nix, we were really kind of wanting to see him uh, progress as he's gone on. And I think he's done fantastic thus far, but he really put a statement in in the game last night against Mississippi State, uh, 16 for 21, 335 yards, two touchdowns, also 56 yards on the ground on seven carries and a rushing touchdown. I mean, could we have asked for any better performance from Bo? I think it's pretty solid. Um, I think week in and week out so far, that's all you've heard from all these pundits and all these sideline coaches that think, well, he hadn't really been that impressive. Well, it's not, to me, it's not about the stats necessarily. Um, it's to me more about how am I leading my team? Um, how am I, when it counts, how am I getting them to a point where we can win the ball game? And listen, it's a lot of it is on the quarterback, but a lot of it is on the rest of the team and how they're playing behind you. Um, you know, we've got a really stellar defense out there that's been keeping us in ball games, and, and, you know, at times it stinks having to keep them on the field a lot, but at the end of the day, if you've got somebody leading your program that's going to help you win, that's what I care about. And, you know, no, up to this point, Bo hadn't had like just all these, you know, flamboyant numbers out there. But, you know, last night, you just said it. He showed up, he showed out, and the numbers really looked good last night for Bo. They looked like a, you know, veteran quarterback would have out there. So, um, I don't think Auburn could ask for much better out of Bo last night. And I think he had – maybe last night was his coming out moment to say, hey, I'm going to be getting better each week. Yeah, I think he's definitely proved he gets better each week. But he definitely put on a show for us. And one of the things that I think was most improved week over week from Texas A&M to Mississippi State was the deep ball. You know, he, he nailed almost every deep ball that he threw. And that was something that he was getting a little – uh a little excited on, I'd say, previous in the season. And now it's yeah. like a full, complete passing. In fact, in the second half, when we were already just obliterating this team, I was like, is there like a, a mercy rule, Gus? Like you're, you usually will stop and just run the ball. Why are we still throwing it? But <laughs> I thought it was great to be able to, you know, continue putting on the pressure and letting Bo get a solid three quarters in, getting ready for some of the competition we have coming up on the road. Yeah, I liked it. I liked what I saw out of the deep ball last night and some of those slant patterns even that hopefully we'll continue to see more of because we can stretch the field that way, maybe even get some tight end and H-back work in there. And But, no, that was a point of concern, I think, too, you know, the deep ball that he wasn't connecting and kind of overshooting on some of them. And I think he put that to rest last night. For sure. And we didn't see Joey much, but I'm sure we'll probably see him more when we play Florida. I don't think we really knew needed him that much and then when he came in in the third quarter it was more like kill the clock hand the ball off type deal let some of our other running backs in the depth get some carries he didn't even really run much for himself this game either uh but who did run you know the running back core uh 217 yards on the ground on 44 carries it's pretty good 
And then uh, touchdowns-wise, Booby got three. Schwartz and Martin also uh, got a touchdown each. Martin's coming in garbage time, so uh, didn't grow his horn this week. But, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's still got his chance. Uh, <laughs> the one that I really wanted to touch on was just our workhorse, as always, uh, Jatarvi's Booby Whitlow. Uh, ten attempts, 55 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Like, yeah, when you have three touchdowns on the day, I'd, I'd say that's pretty good, regardless of your actual stats. Yeah, and I'd say so. One of the coolest things is we really didn't need to run that far because of the field position. Like, our defense just playing lights out. Yeah, week in and week out, they they keep us in the ball game. And, you know, uh, this week they really didn't have to go out there and put themselves on the line as much it didn't seem like. But, no, Booby, Booby having three touchdowns is big for him. I'm really happy for him. And maybe it'll boost his confidence going into Gainesville coming up. And, um, you know – 55 yards doesn't seem that much, but that first touchdown on the opening drive, that was on the first play. I mean, it was that was a confidence booster for not only him, but the whole team. So, Absolutely. He, you know, can't complain. <laughs> and then uh, I think it's kind of cool each week that we see Gus open a little bit more of the playbook. I don't know mm-hmm. how you feel about Gus's coaching, but I feel like he holds back a ton. And he just opens it up a little by little and adds a wrinkle. And then each week we see the progression of that same type of play. So we saw the Schwartz play once again, uh, the way it was run, uh, except opposite way, uh, for a touchdown this game. So uh, it's kind of cool for me to be able to see, you know, us run a small base offense and get this type of reduction along with just a couple few fancy plays. Yeah, I think you just said it perfectly, though. You know, you kind of just summed it up. You know, I think that at times he kind of does hold back, but I'll say this about that. I don't, that does not bother me um, right now. I think that or even earlier on in the season, you weren't seeing what could have been uh, in some of these games like Tulane and Kent State. Um, I think as the weeks progress, it's going to open up because there's going to be things that quite personally, I just don't think you'd want to show um, quite yet. Um, and I think that's where I stand on that. All right, so wide receivers. Uh, one of the big guys that I just want to shout out is Seth Williams. You know, he had a stellar day, eight catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns. One of the biggest things from Seth is, you know, he was taking hits left and right. It, it really felt like Mississippi State knew he was our best threat at wide receiver, and they were almost trying to take him out of the game. He was, uh, you know, getting smashed on the ground, guys punching him, trying to get the ball out, and that's where that bogus uh, fumble was. And then with Seth Williams uh, down near the end of the game, got the targeting penalty called where the guy just headbutted him. Like, come on, Mississippi State. But, man, Seth Williams had a day. He did. Um, Seth is one of those guys. um, He's a man amongst boys out there. You throw him the ball, he's going to try his best to just go up and get it. Um when we watched the A-Day game this past spring, um, I ended up just being amazed at his playmaking ability. Um, some of the catches he made just in that game, which is just the spring game, you really don't have to show all what you got. I mean, he was just a monster out there. And I thought to myself, how incredible could he be for us throughout the rest of his career? He is by far and away the best receiver on our team, in my honest opinion and humble opinion. Um, he just he makes the plays, and it may come down to 
when we get into the meat of our schedule in the in the conference here coming up, we may have to rely on him to make a few more big ones. I mean, one of those, hey, I'm going to float it. I'm going to gonna throw it up, and you just got to make the play. And uh, he's one of those that I would rely on to do that, and I wouldn't be scared to just chunk it up because um, he's, again, he's a man amongst boys out there, it seems like. Yeah, I feel like we almost just did that on a few plays, just unleash the beast on Mississippi State after they were, you know, coming after him so hard. But thankfully we have, you know, pretty good depth at wide receiver. We were able to spread the ball around to the other 200 yards going to Anthony Schwartz on two catches, Sal Canelo, Will Hastings all had two catches for significant yardage. And then Eli Stove, Malik Miller, J.J. Wilson, and a newcomer Zach Farrar all recorded a catch. So, you know, regardless of Seth Williams being the man, which we all know he is, and uh, being the number one target, Bo was still able to spread that ball around to everyone and uh, get some good experience and some good catches and some great offensive production. Yeah, for sure. I think Zach Farrar is one of those guys that coming into this year, you know, him being a grad transfer, um, I looked at him to be somebody that gave us some actual depth and uh, even thought he could emerge as a big-time play threat, much like Seth Williams. Um, We haven't really seen that. And again, I'm not a coach. Um, I'm not there every day. I don't see him at practice. Uh, other people might outwork him. I, I don't know. You really don't know. Um, but I saw some good things last night out of Zach Farrar. Uh, I thought he he gives us quality depth, and hopefully he'll kind of throughout this chunk of the season, maybe he'll kind of emerge as somebody we might can rely on. Um, but that's what you watch for. You watch for these guys who give you depth, who who can come in at a blink of an eye and and – so, you know, I think those guys do that for us, and, and I was really proud to see him out on the field last night and trying to make plays. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great being able to see, especially in some of these games, that we are able to go as deep as we want in the depth chart and really continue to pass the ball. Uh, just guys make plays and get ready to add into the offense. I think him being such a big wide receiver is going to pay dividends later on in the season. I'm really hoping yeah. for it. I agree. So, uh, really. The the side of the team that we're going to go on now, the defense, they are the stars of the Auburn football team, right? They were yeah. the ones that made it so we could have this huge blowout. And uh, on 14 drives, they forced five three-and-outs, two fumbles, and allowed only nine points in non-garbage time. So uh, I, I take my hat off to those guys, uh, true leaders, and just the stoutest defense in the SEC, and I'd love anyone else to debate me on that. Yeah. Uh, One of the cool things that I wanted to shout out, Kylan Hill coming into this game just got shut down. Only had 54 yards of production and no scores. People were talking to him pretty big and uh, wondering how you feel about that. Yeah, so coming into this game, Ben, uh, I will say this, and I even after last night I still feel this way. Um, Kylan Hill's the best running back in our conference. Um, I love the way he plays. Uh, he's tough. He's hard nosed. He's physical. He plays every game like it could be his last ball game out there. Um, coming into this game, I know we've, to me, we've got the best defense in the SEC. Definitely got the best front seven. Um, and I was a little nervous um, because you just don't never know with guys like this. Um, you can shut them down or, or you could not. And he's so physical and hard nosed that, you know, you just really don't know. Um, Auburn was able to quell him last night. I'm very glad. I'm very proud of our defense. Um, uh, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson and company, they 
they really shut him down. Uh, like you said, you know, 54 yards and no scores. Um, he wasn't able to, to scamper at all. And, uh, I'm very proud. Uh, but again, he was a guy that, you know, you just week in and week out, you got to watch for, uh, but just was not able to get any traction against that Auburn tiger front seven. And, and they showed up and showed out. And, uh, but again, it, it doesn't change my opinion at all from last night. He's going to have some more big games down the stretch. Um, I still think he's the best running back in our conference right now. And, uh, I look for him to have a lot of success even at the pro level after this year's done. Yeah, and that's kind of you to uh, you know, congratulate Mississippi State on such a great recruit there and I know from your background that makes total sense. But in my orange and blue glasses, Booby Whitlow's the best player in the SEC as running back. So uh he also had about it. He also had three touchdowns on the day, so uh that's right. who he was did. the better one on the field last night? He was, he definitely was. <laughs> I will not deny it. Yeah. And I'm glad he was. <laughs> Absolutely, me too, man. So uh, the stats overall, we, we can take these with a grain of salt because you know half this game was basically garbage time for our defense, and we, we were able to get a lot of guys rotated and a lot of depth built up, which I think was great. Uh, overall, defense allowed 334 yards, 216 yards passing, and 118 rushing, allowing three touchdowns and a field goal. However, in all honesty, you know, the first half, we really shut Mississippi State down, only allowed nine points, and the defense was stout. So uh, hats off to those guys. A couple key highlights just to shout out. Uh, K.J. Britt had a sack, two tackles for losses, as A.J. calls him. K.J. Downhill Britt. The awareness on that guy is just out of this world, and yeah. uh, he definitely showed it again last night. And then Jeremy Denson as well had a sack, uh, a tackle for loss. And there's a couple other guys that recorded a tackle for loss, uh, Smoke Monday and Chandler Wooten. But then Jeremiah Denson, like, man, he not only had was, like, blown at the backfield, but also had that uh, fumble recovery, and he was all over the place. Yeah. He, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's my favorite player on Auburn's defense. Auburn's got a lot of good talent on that defense, a lot of likable guys. Um Jeremiah Denson represents the best of Auburn University, in my opinion. He's a very good ambassador for our program, and it carries on to the field on Saturdays. Um, he's just a playmaker. He's a baller, um, and he goes out there every week wanting to make a statement and wanting to say, hey, this secondary is not going to get beat, um, and we'll do whatever it takes to, to shut these receivers down. Um, he, alongside a, a KJ and um, Owen Papo and, and some of these other guys, they, they really made statements last night. They came out ready to hit folks in the mouth and um, really proud of the body of work that they came out to show last night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of those forced fumbles, you know, talking about those. With the 14-0 lead, uh, McLean popped the ball out, and then Jordan Peters jumped on it. That gave us the ability to go up 21 to nothing. And then after the refs stole that ball away from Seth Williams, which was not a fumble, uh, Owen Popo, he forced the fumble in the red zone, and Jeremiah Denson was able to get the recovery there. So whole team, uh, regardless of if we put them, the defense, their back up against a wall, they were able to answer and support our offense and get off the field, you know, what, seven times? That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Um, the fumble uh, that you referenced with Zacoby McLean, um, where Jordan Peters was able to jump on it, that – that kind of goes back to we were talking about Garrett Schrader uh, when or last week or a week before I don't remember exactly when they played Kansas State he had to come in he's a true freshman like Bo Nix um, 
had to come in and, and take over for Tommy Stevens after Stevens got hurt. And the kid's full of grit. He's full of toughness. Um, and that's going to really bode well for Joe Moorhead in the future. Um, but sometimes I think you got to be a little bit smarter. Um, they had a fourth down against Kansas State, and it was a fourth and long, and he, he took off and basically got obliterated kind of close down to the marker. <laughs> but he, he dove and, like, got swept up, and it's like he flew. Yeah, helicopter. Yeah, ten feet in the air, and uh, I don't I don't remember exactly if he made it or not, but he tried, and it was like an extreme effort. And I'm like, the kid's got grit and toughness. But then last night, he almost tries to do do the same thing on, on another fourth down, and gets completely obliterated. And when he does, they're able to pop the ball out. So it ended up being a negative for him last night. They're going to have to kind of work on him about that. Like you don't have to just. Every time, I wouldn't think, you know, it's nice you lay yourself out there, but kids, you might get hurt um, doing stuff like that. But uh, it ended up being a negative for them last night. But, uh, yeah, that was a big big key for us last night to get that turnover because it ended up helping us put the ball in the end zone again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when he did the helicopter play against Kansas State, he was like a yard off. But if he had put the ball out to get the, the first down, he probably would have lost it, much like he did against us. So it's a... Uh... You know, a learning process for them, and it, in all honesty, unless you have to to hurdle a guy, probably shouldn't be leaving your feet on the football field. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> so, uh, last thing we want to cover is special teams, and in all honesty, there's not a lot to cover here, which is great. Uh, Anders Carlson didn't even attempt a kick because we didn't need to. We were just scoring touchdowns the whole time. Uh, as far as kick returns or punt returns. Uh, we only allowed one kick return for 16 yards. Uh, punt return didn't allow any return yards. Only had one punt from Aaron Sippus for 43 yards. And then uh, when it comes to the guys running it back, Iggy had one return for 21 yards. And then Tut, he uh, he almost had one again, man. He was so close. Uh, he set up that first touchdown for us, 18-yard uh, run, and then had a couple others. But, man, uh, overall, special teams just from a few weeks ago, we had a lot of questions on this. Like, our coverage wasn't great. It wasn't looking good. And we've done a complete 180, turned the notches up, you know, tenfold. And uh, just the the guys are playing lights out, which is pretty good. I mean, of course, not a lot that was needed tonight. But uh, how are you feeling about special teams going forward? I think you're absolutely right, Ben. Uh, it's one of those things, each week we have improved on special teams. I think the biggest thing that Auburn fans need to remember and keep in their the back of their minds is that Anders is not Daniel. He's not his brother. Um, so you kind of have to give Anders some grace um, in, in the way that he's kicked over the past year and a half. Um, you just kind of give him that grace and roll with him each week because he's continued to get better on the kickoffs uh, this year, he's continued each week to to get better, to put a lot more strength and power behind them, and he's kicking them out uh, where they don't have the chance to to set up a big return on us, which is what you want uh, most of the time. Uh, and, you know, give him that grace because he's getting better, and I'm proud to see him getting better, and, and hopefully by the time his career at Auburn's over, he'll go down as one of our greatest to do it. Um, but we got to keep in mind that he's just not his brother. Um we were kind of spoiled with Daniel, I would say. Uh, as far as that goes, best kicker I've ever seen, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I, I know that probably sounds biased, but, I mean, you can't deny the all-time leading 
scorer in the SEC. Um, so, but anyway, I, I think on the on that same token, uh, Aaron Sippus has done a fantastic job punting the ball for us. Um, I think you know he's still relatively young in his Auburn career. He's going to get better. Uh, he's a a big time threat for us. I think uh, giving us you know trying to flip the field for us, and I think he's only going to continue to get better. Um, and then on that same going along that same thing on, on these returns, you know, you talked about Tut, you're really hoping he's going to break one. And I, I think you should, you know, keep, keep hoping, uh, because he, <laughs> I believe he will be. And I really do. I believe he's going to break one. So you keep, you keep saying it and it's going to come true. Yeah. That's a good prediction. It's, uh, he's been so close so many times. I'm, uh, I'm really excited for him to finally get it, take it all yeah. the way. He's a threat. So, uh, you know, this was a fantastic game, 56-23. What more can you ask for in an SEC matchup where we just blow a team off the ball and just keep pounding away? Show no mercy. And uh, it was pretty cool. Do you have any closing thoughts before we go? Yeah, I, I'll say this. I think that I I certainly was not expecting Auburn to come out and hit them in the mouth like they did. Um, I was My final score prediction for this game was 38-10. to 10. Uh, I thought we'd hold them to 10 points. Um, but they came out ready to punch somebody in the mouth. Uh, I think they had a sour taste in their mouth from last year where, you know, they had some blown calls go against us and uh, even had a phantom touchdown for Nick, F- Nick Fitzgerald. Um, he was able to score, and, and it was just it just wasn't a touchdown. Uh, yep. But SEC officials thought otherwise, I guess. Back to um, the end zone. Exactly. Um, so they had a sour taste in their mouth. They came out last night, did what they wanted to do. They wanted to make a statement and say, hey, Moving forward, we got a big we got a big year coming up. We got some tough opponents. LSU, Florida, um, are coming up here soon, and uh, it's just one of those things where they wanted to make the statement early, and uh, they did just that and punched them right in the mouth. And I, I again, I've said it, and I'll say it again. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite thing from the game was uh, Booby Whitlow getting some redemption from last year with three touchdowns after you know he had some some turnovers last year and. That one that, you know, left his hands right as he was crossing the goal line, which, you know, crazy thing is, is that Nick Fitzgerald doesn't cross the goal line and Booby does, and yet the calls are played differently. So, uh, you know, last year's in the past, and this year, uh, basically, you know, once Auburn and Alabama both beat up on the Mississippi teams, then uh, Egg Bowl won't matter because the Iron Bowl will be for the entire state of Alabama and Mississippi. So get ready for that, baby. That's right. <laughs> Before we go, Dallas, where can the fans find you on social media? So, Auburn fans, you can find me on all of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at dham4au. That's D-H-A-M, the number four A-U. Yeah, and uh, please go listen to Dallas and Justin on Boom Tracker. These guys do a great job week in and week out. And uh, like I said earlier, one of my favorite shows on the, on the uh, network, so it's fantastic. Uh, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. Uh, also on Saturdays at Captain Plainsman on Twitter. And if you have any complaints, shoot them on over to TMAD34 on Twitter. It's the complaint account. Uh, it's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. 
So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?